Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christmas is the season of giving, but it can be difficult to know who on your list wants what. Save yourself the guesswork by giving the gift of choice. Whether you're buying for the foodie, fashionista, or homebird of the family, they'll love a Dunn Stores gift card. They can choose from everything we have in store and online, from fashion to homewares to groceries. It's the perfect choice to make this Christmas. Visit dunstores.com for details. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Life's full of things we can't depend on, like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Lana Clayton found her husband dead at the bottom of the stairs in their million-dollar home in the Wiley Lake area. When the death was ruled a heart attack, Lana was more than happy to accept the findings and have the body cremated, but other family members were not so sure. This is Monsters. The afternoon of July 21, 2018 was a hectic one in the Lake Wiley area of South Carolina. The area was a peninsula that sat on the coast of Lake Wiley right on the border of North Carolina, about 30 minutes southwest of Charlotte, North Carolina. As James Blackledge was riding his motorcycle down Island Forks Road, he saw a frantic woman running across her yard, waving him down. She told him that her husband had fallen down the stairs and asked him to call 911, which he did. While he was on the line with the operator, the woman ran across the street to a neighbor's house. Terry Floyd opened the door to see a familiar face, Lana Clayton, telling him that her husband had been in an accident. They both rushed back over to the Clayton home where Terry went inside and Lana waited on the front porch something that James, still on the phone with 911, thought was strange. Terry found Lana's husband, Steve Clayton, lying at the bottom of the stairs in the entryway of the home. He checked for a pulse, but couldn't find one. Steve Clayton was dead. Steve and Lana met online in 2010 and dated for three years before getting married. This was Lana's second marriage, and family members said that it was Steve's sixth or seven. They had lost count. They described Steve as a man who easily fell in love, but it rarely worked out. 
Steve, who was originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, worked his way through college as a construction laborer and got a bachelor's degree in accounting from Florida State University. He worked as a certified public accountant before becoming an entrepreneur. In the 1980s, he developed a successful physical therapy business that made him enough money to retire when he was only 40 years old. Lana was originally from Oklahoma and worked as a nurse at the VA hospital in Charlotte. Lana had children in her previous marriage, but didn't have children with Steve, who had never had kids of his own. After the couple got married, they moved to the lakefront property in South Carolina that was worth about a million dollars. The house was reported to be a copy of George Washington's Mount Vernon estate. When police arrived on the scene, Lana explained that Steve had suffered from vertigo for the last few days. She had checked on him at about 11 o'clock that morning and made sure that he had water before going outside to mow the lawn. When she returned to the house, she found Steve lying at the bottom of the stairs. That's when she ran out of the house looking for help. Steve's nephew, Nick French, who was a police officer in a nearby town, went straight to the house when he heard the news of his uncle's death. He comforted his aunt as they waited for the authorities to do their job. When the deputy coroner arrived on the scene, she said she didn't see anything suspicious and determined that Steve had probably had a heart attack. The death was ruled natural causes, and Lana was asked what funeral home she planned to use. Unless a death is suspicious, authorities don't bring the body to the medical examiner's office for an autopsy. They'll notify the funeral home and they will come and pick up the body. Lana said she didn't know yet. She had her face in her hands and said she was too overwhelmed to figure it out. The deputy coroner offered to take the body back to the morgue and run a few tests, something that Nick agreed was a good idea. As soon as Lana heard that suggestion, she immediately said she wanted to have the body taken to the funeral home right down the street. Not only that, but she wanted him cremated right away. Nick, instinctively falling back on his police training, did a walkthrough of the house and started making mental notes of things that just seemed off. First, Nick thought it was strange that there were multiple phones in the house, but Lana ran outside to find someone to call 911. He also found out that nobody had seen her do CPR on Steve while they were waiting for paramedics, something that was made that much more unusual knowing that Lana was an experienced nurse. Nick also couldn't find Steve's cell phone. His uncle didn't go anywhere without his phone and was very easy to reach. It wasn't a matter of his phone being somewhere out of his reach, it was literally nowhere to be found. Steve's sister, Rosie, said that she hadn't been able to get a hold of Steve for three days. Even if he was sick, he would have sent her some kind of response, but she didn't hear a peep. The next red flag was when Nick went to the upstairs bedroom where Steve had been bedridden for the three days prior. He discovered that the bed was soaked in urine. Steve had been in that bed, unable to get up, lying in his own urine for three days because of vertigo. Then, Chris Fagan, another of Steve's nephews, suggested that he help find Steve's will so they knew what his wishes were. Lana told Chris that he didn't have a will. Chris responded, quote, I know that there is, I've seen it, end quote. It turned out that Steve had asked his nephew to be the executor. Lana said, quote, I said there's no will, end quote, and she stormed off. Nick then overheard Lana in the kitchen telling people that Steve was an illicit drug user and that she didn't want an autopsy done because she was afraid of what the toxicology report would find. 
Well, she was definitely worried about that, but not because Steve ever used drugs. Shortly after, Lana asked everyone to leave, and when they were supposed to come back the following day, she called them and told them not to come over. Nick and Chris got together and knew that they needed to get an autopsy done, but Steve was already at the funeral home, scheduled to be cremated the next day. They acted fast, calling the coroner and begging her to order an autopsy and a toxicology report. She agreed. When the autopsy was performed, the medical examiner looked at Steve's heart and lungs and found no signs of a heart attack. They couldn't find any reason for Steve to have died until the toxicology results came back. Unsurprisingly, Steve did not have any illicit drugs in his system, but he did have a high level of tetrahydrosoline in his system. Tetrahydrosoline is a type of decongestant that's an ingredient in many over-the-counter eye drops. A very small amount dropped directly into the eyes can temporarily narrow the blood vessels and reduce redness and irritation. When used as directed, it's a safe product. If ingested, however, tetrahydrosoline can be fatal. It's sometimes called THZ, and if you put a couple of drops in someone's drink, it can cause drowsiness, and criminals will use it to incapacitate someone to rob or sexually assault them. The fact that the drops are colorless, odorless, and tasteless is another reason they can be used for nefarious purposes. Adding a little more can cause someone to become violently ill, suffering from vomiting and diarrhea. Even more can cause respiratory distress and eventually lead to death. When investigators brought the results to Lana's attention, she told them that Steve would sometimes put eye drops in his coffee to act as a laxative. The police didn't believe her far-fetched story. First of all, that's not what would happen if you put some eye drops in your drink. Steve was intelligent enough to know the dangers of putting eye drops in his own coffee. Also, once he got sick, why wouldn't he go get medical treatment? This actually helped police because she admitted to knowing that he had the chemical in his system. When authorities told her that it was tetrahydrosoline that was found in his system, she immediately said, quote, that's Visine, end quote. She knew exactly what it was. When they turned the investigation up a notch, Lana started throwing her husband under the bus. She told them that he had a mood disorder and she thinks he might have killed himself. Investigators could find no evidence of that. This questioning happened at the police station, and after a while, she told investigators she was going home. They followed her and continued their conversation. It was at Lana's house that her story changed dramatically. She told investigators that she had a table set up by the bed and she had all of Steve's things on it. His water, his medications, his Visine, and his tissues. She said that she saw the Visine and she was so angry with him that she just took the bottle and squirted it into his drink. Quote, I think I put the whole thing in, end quote. Ingesting that much tetrahydrosoline would have caused Steve to stop breathing. The entire interview completely changed. Quote, what if I did kill him? What if I caused his death with the Visine, end quote. She began explaining to the investigators that she just wanted Steve to suffer. She said she was fed up with his constant demands. Quote, Lana, come here, help me to the bathroom, do this, do that, end quote. She claimed her intention was to give him diarrhea and make his life miserable. Police also confirmed that Steve did have a will, but they weren't able to locate it. They searched the property and found evidence that paperwork had been burned on the property. It's believed that Steve's will would have split his assets amongst his family, but without the will, everything went to Lana. 
If that wasn't enough, they discovered that this wasn't the first time that Lana Clayton had an accident that could have killed her husband. In 2016, Lana had shot Steve in the head with a crossbow while he was asleep. No, 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 you heard that right. She shot him in the head with a crossbow while he was asleep. At the time, she claimed that she was loading a crossbow that they owned when something got stuck. She said she went into his bedroom where Steve was asleep to get his help when the crossbow unexpectedly discharged and struck him in the back of the head. Steve woke up yelling and was bleeding from the back of the head but wasn't seriously injured. Lana went to the York County Sheriff's Office and told them that she had accidentally shot her husband with a crossbow. Deputies interviewed Steve and authorities eventually closed the case. There's no way in hell that that was an accident. She just happens to be loading a crossbow while her husband, who she does end up killing two years later, just happens to be sleeping? Get the fuck out of here. After the interview where Lana admitted to administering the eye drops into Steve's water, investigators left to prepare an arrest warrant. This is where Lana tried to kill herself. She wrote a suicide note claiming that she felt bad about poisoning Steve and that she couldn't live with herself. She took a bunch of pills and turned the gas on in the house. Her neighbor had stopped by and noticed the gas which prompted him to call the police. After a short visit to the hospital, Lana Clayton was arrested for the murder of her husband. Prosecutor Kevin Brackett uncovered more details that would point to a murder for money. Steve's family explained that Lana had convinced him to move from North Carolina to South Carolina in 2016, shortly before the crossbow accident. Solicitor Brackett explained that, according to South Carolina law, if Steve died without a will, Lana would get his entire estate. That was not the case in North Carolina. It was believed that Lana had been planning his murder for quite some time. This explains her insistence that there was no will at the scene of her husband's death. Her neighbors also reported seeing her start a fire in an outdoor fire pit the following day. It was also discovered that her story and Steve's timeline of death didn't match. Based on the amount of tetrahydrosoline in his system, if she had given him that all at once, he would have died within a day, not three. She had to have continually dosed him throughout the three days. Authorities believed that Lana gave him enough to incapacitate him and then gave him bigger doses over the next few days. Steve's phone was never recovered and it's believed she got rid of it so that Steve wouldn't be able to call for help. After charges were filed, Lana changed her tune one more time and claimed that Steve was abusive and she wanted to punish him, again claiming that she didn't know the Visine would kill him. She also changed her story about the crossbow incident, claiming now that Steve was coming at her to attack her and she had to shoot him in self-defense. My only knowledge of Visine was by watching movies and a case and a cause of discomfort and diarrhea. I did impulsively put the Visine in Stephen's drink and I did it with the intent to make him sick and uncomfortable. I was upset about the abuse and just wanted him to leave me alone. I never thought it would kill him. After finding out the Visine was a cause of death, I attempted to take my life as well. I couldn't live with the thought that he did such a terrible thing. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but how do you shoot someone in the back of the head when they're coming at you? Authorities couldn't find any evidence that Steve had ever been abusive, and I know that doesn't mean it didn't happen. 
It's not like people advertise that behavior to the world. But when you talk to all of a person's past spouses and partners, and none of them claim that the person was ever abusive, I think it's safe to give the benefit of the doubt to the victim. To make a strange case even stranger, on September 23, 2018, just three weeks after Lana's arrest, Stacy Hunsucker died of what was originally thought to be a heart attack. This happened in Mount Holly, North Carolina, which is just 12 miles, or 19 kilometers, from the Clayton residence. This time it made more sense since Stacy suffered from heart problems and even had a pacemaker, but after Stacy's husband, Joshua Hunsucker, tried claiming $250,000 in life insurance just 48 hours after her death, red flags were raised. It was also revealed that Joshua had been seeing someone else even before his wife's death. Authorities wanted to do a toxicology screen on Stacy's remains, but it turned out that she had been cremated, something that Joshua, like Lana, was adamant about. What Joshua didn't realize, though, was that Stacy was an organ donor and a vial of her blood had been collected to use for testing purposes prior to her cremation. The blood was sent to the toxicology lab, and wouldn't you know it, they found elevated levels of tetrahydrazoline in her blood. With her heart condition, it wouldn't take much of the chemical to cause Stacy to have a heart attack, and I highly doubt she was putting it in her coffee as a laxative. Joshua was a paramedic on an EMS helicopter, and about a month before his arrest, he set fire to a syringe pump on board the helicopter in mid-flight. The pilot made an emergency landing, and they weren't sure what happened, but after a year-long investigation, Joshua was arrested for setting the fire. He had already been arrested for the murder of his wife and was out on a $1.5 million bond. It's unclear why he set the fire. Police claim that Joshua got the idea of poisoning his wife with the eye drops from the case against Lana Clayton, which begs the question, why would you carry out a copycat crime from someone who got caught? Joshua Hunsucker is out on bond awaiting both trials. Once Lana Clayton learned that she could get the death penalty if found guilty, she agreed to a plea deal. Out of the many homicide cases I've handled, this one probably takes the cake as far as being bizarre. What a tangle web we weave. Ms. Clayton, you sure have tangled this one up. Did you let him suffer for three days? She pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and tampering with a food or drug, and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233, or go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will instantly take your browser to a Google search page. In the event the abuser is nearby, you can assure that you don't get caught trying to get help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Be safe. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can help us out by leaving us a review or rating on whatever podcast app you listen through. You can also subscribe to the show to ensure that you don't miss an episode. 
Also, remember that if you'd like to support the show, the easiest way is to donate a few bucks at Buy Me a Coffee or check out some of our merchandise at Teespring. You can find information on how to do that along with links to our social media at thisismonsters.com. Thanks again. Life's full of things we can't depend on, like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Shrink your Christmas bill at Dunn Stores. Delicious free-range 4 kilo Irish turkeys are just thirty nine ninety nine. And incredible unsmoked centre-cut Irish ham is now just $13.59 for 2.75 kilos. That's 20% off. King Prawn Cocktail and Oak and Peat Cold Smoked Salmon are just €6. Plus, with our 10 or 50 grocery voucher, you save even more. Dunn Stores. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used to next grocery shop of €50 or more. Even when you're far from your loved ones, bring your world a little closer by sending the money with Western Union. Send cash at over 900 post offices across the country quickly and easily. Transfer money for cash pickup in minutes or directly to a bank account in select countries. Find your local post office at onpost.com slash westernunion and send money to the ones you love today. Funds availability subject to terms and conditions. OnPost is an agent of Western Union Payment Services Ireland Limited, regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland for the provision of payment services.